So good morning, church. He is risen. Good stuff. When I first got to Gisborne, I went looking. I went looking for a gym. And uh, I found a gym. And at my gym, um, there's a range of people there. You might be a member. If you're a hardcore member of my gym, you're there, oops, you're there maybe six or seven times a week. If you're kind of averagely committed like me, you try and get there three times a week. So that's the members. Then there are the visitors. So the visitors might be from out of town and they turn up and they're, they're welcomed. But sometimes there's a visitor there who's checking out, checking out the gym and they might be doing a crazy activity like this. Imagine you're a visitor. You turn up to this gym and they make you do this stuff. What's this guy thinking? These people are crazy. So maybe you're a visitor here and you're thinking these people are crazy, so you are so welcome. Or perhaps you're people from Tauranga. You might still be thinking they're crazy. You're welcome too. And then there's the people on the on-ramp. There we go. So they've got a coach and there might be one, two or three people on the on-ramp and they're kind of getting a bit of specialised training to, uh, as they make the big call, am I going to become a member or not? Can I do the stuff that's involved within that organisation? Now it sounds a little bit like a uh, like a church, doesn't it? Members, people on the on-ramp and visitors. So this morning I'm speaking to each one of those groups and uh, just listen in on the other ones, Korero, uh, and we'll just see where we get to. So this morning, there are three, three groups that we're going to talk to, I'm going to talk to. Um, and we're going to hear from someone who was there on the very first Easter morning. We're going to hear from one of Jesus' good friends, one of his mates, from John. And we're going to hear about some out landish events on the first Easter, the first day of the week. Some of Jesus' followers were up early on that first day of the week following the Sabbath. Perhaps they had not slept much since that awful day when Jesus died. Perhaps they had not eaten much. I'm sure the grief the grief, the shock was still cutting deeply. If you have lost someone, you'll know how raw and deep that pain is in the days following his or her death. The grief, the shock and the fear of seeing their teacher, their friend, crucified, shamed awfully, publicly, was still cutting into their souls. It was a brutal age. They were used to seeing death. They were used to violence. People got sick and died. Life was cheap. The Roman rulers were ruthless. But this time something was different, even a little bit worse, because they had dared to believe that Jesus was Israel's. At last, he was Israel's long awaited king. At last he was here. But kings don't get crucified. Kings don't get crucified. 
So before dawn on that very first Sunday, Mary went and others went to the grave. The stone has been rolled away. The stone has been rolled away. Where is the body? Peter, John, they've taken his body. They've stolen his body. They run back. The tomb is empty. The grave grave clothes are folded. Huh? What is going on? In the slowly brightening dawn, pre-dawn light, Mary meets with the Lord and hurries to tell the disciples, I have seen the Lord. I've seen the Lord. That night, the disciples gather again. They gather in a confused state because there's these rumours that people have seen the Lord in various places. What is going on? They gather behind locked doors The lockdown is not imposed upon them. They are locking down. Out of fear, I presume. They're afraid. Easily startled. Who's coming for us next? Will they come for us next? And then Jesus stands among them. A ghost? A spirit? A hallucination? Jesus shows them the scars in his hands. He shows them his hands and his side. It's really me. So let's read how John describes this event. John chapter 20, verses 19 to 23. On the evening of that day, of the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. So this is my message for the members. You might actually recognize, have recognized that group up there. That's uh, locals. That's, that's some locals there. Um, just pre-lockdown, actually, in 2019. So this is my message for the members. In verses 21, verses 21, 22, and 23, Jesus is establishing his church. In these verses, we see the Trinity at work. We see the God who is one, who is eternally one, one in essence, one in nature, but three in person. We see the God who is Father, Son, and Spirit, the God who eternally generates the Son at work. The Father sends the Son and they, and they set, breathe out the Spirit upon the church. Upon Jesus breathes out the Spirit upon the disciples and commissions them. And he says to them, Just as the Father has sends, sent me into a sin-broken world, I am sending you 
into the world. In the beginning of this gospel, we're told that Jesus, the word of God, became flesh and walked among us, full of grace and truth, full of life and life, life and light. Iaia te ora, ko te ora te marama mō ngā tangata. Jesus is the life and the light of mankind. That's plain enough, isn't it? That's plain enough. But he also says these quite confusing words. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. So many here have seen the ministry of uh, what happens in the confessional as, uh, as what these words mean. Others, if you're reformed, you might synthesize this without the parts of the Bible and say, this is the elders at work disciplining the church. And I think both of those are potentially applications of these words. But to find out what Jesus, I think Jesus is saying here, we need to look around Scripture, look back a few chapters back in John's Gospel, where at least three times he talks about the role of the Holy Spirit and the role of his followers. So let's have a look at John chapter 15, verses 26 to 27. And I haven't got that one up there, I'll read it to you. John 15, 26 to 27. So listen out to what the Spirit is doing and what his disciples are doing. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. So the Spirit is witnessing about Jesus, the Spirit from the Father, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. And then a bit clearer in John 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict, notice this, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you'll see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So, this breathing out the Spirit and this linking with um, conviction of sin and forgiveness of sin is linked to his disciples, to his church. He is commissioning his church for their job to bring life and light to the world in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is sending his disciples out into the world to proclaim the good news to proclaim life, to proclaim peace with God, which we attain by trusting in Jesus and in his work. God chooses to bring life and light to the world through his disciples, through us. What does it mean? It means that we, in the power of the Spirit, are the agents of conviction of sin and of forgiveness. The Spirit uses us, primarily uses us. Of course, we know there's other ways he can work, but primarily he speaks through his written word and through his people. So here, the Father sends the word, Jesus, into the world, then sends 
Jesus sends the church, sends out us in the power of the Spirit. Here's some confirmation of that. John says in John 3, 34-36, For he whom God has sent utters the words of God. That's Jesus, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son, has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. So the Holy Spirit is still in business. He's still in business. We talked about a bit of feedback in their growth groups. Is this Holy Spirit still in business, people? Is he still in business? Yes, he's still in business. The Holy Spirit is still in business. He is still calling people to faith, to peace with God through his well, through Jesus, um, by his followers, through our work as well. So members, how do we do that? How do we do that? Just a few pointers. There are some, this church is quite gifted. There's some remarkable, special things about this church. There are some gifted evangelists in this church. Some people who love to talk about Jesus and are fruitful. So I suggest, if, like me, you are not a gifted evangelist, get alongside some of them and learn. Learn from their love for Jesus. Learn for how they talk and gossip Jesus. Learn how they proclaim Jesus every day and ask for them to pray for you to, so that we can also share in that ministry. In this time, in this day and age, another suggestion would be be a good listener. Ask spiritual questions. Open conversations. And then, as we were learning about in our growth groups Last night, uh, the other this week as well, be prepared to do a little bit of word ministry. That is, speak what we have learned from Scripture. Be prepared to speak what we've learned from Scripture into everyday life. One of our people at Growth Group was saying, we've uploaded the Bible into here. We've uploaded, for those of us who have been in church for many years, we've uploaded so much into here. All we need is the Holy Spirit to help us download what has been uploaded, downloaded into situations as we're meeting, chatting, gossiping with people. So, that's my message to the members. Now, I want to talk to those of you who are checking out Jesus, who are on the on-ramp. Perhaps you're meeting with someone from time to time to study the Word or talk about Jesus I want to talk to you. I want to read about Thomas. So that's the next part of our, of our passage this morning. Now Thomas, one of the twelve called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails... So I placed my hand into his side, I'll never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Put out your, This is the gross factor, people. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. 
Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Three times, once in this passage to Thomas, but three times in what the scripture reads so far, Jesus has said, Peace to you. Now this is far more than G'day. He has proclaimed peace three times to his disciples. The war, the war between humans and God is over. Hallelujah. Amen, brother. Yes, the war is over. The war is over. Jesus' death was no accident. The son, Jesus, willingly laid aside his, his glory for you, for us. He willingly walked the way to death on a cross so that you could be reconciled with God. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Jesus died to bring you peace with God. So my challenge to you, if you're on the on-ramp, if you've been checking out Jesus, checking out um, what these Christians believe, my challenge to you is join with Thomas, bow down and say to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Jesus died to bring you peace with God. Maybe you are not quite ready yet. Maybe you're hovering between doubt and faith. If that is you, I challenge you to consider and examine the witness to Jesus recorded in this gospel. Continue, if you're going to a growth group, or if you're meeting with a friend, continue to meet with them and zero in on Jesus and consider who he is. Maybe you have some intellectual difficulties. We're not going to address those here this morning. There's plenty of websites that do, and one I recommend um, is called uh, Cold Case Christianity. It's quite fun because the guy is a cold case detective, so it kind of gets um, it's a bit of, bit of an exciting twist to it. And uh, there's a guy who's a cold case detective who took his uh, investigative skills and explored the question, did Jesus actually rise from the dead? It's quite a cold case, isn't it? Did he rise from the dead? But there is evidence to be considered and explored and investigated. So check him out. Um, Wallace is his surname. Is it up there? J. Warner Wallace is the person. Podcasts. all that kind of stuff. So, is today, people on the on-ramp, is today the day when you bend the knee and say to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Now, I want to also talk to any visitors who are here just checking out this crazy thing called church. And we have to admit we are a little bit cray-cray. 
we do actually believe that God raised a peasant Jew from the, from the grave 2,000 years ago. That is crazy stuff. And we do actually worship this uh, person who we believe is both God and man. So for you, I'm not, if you're a visitor here this morning checking us out, I'm not suggesting that you rush to the front or put your hand up. I'm asking you to carefully consider Jesus. This is important stuff. We can scamper around chasing chocolate eggs when the real deal is in the Bible, when the real deal, we believe, is risen and and, uh, ruling and reigning with God the Father. This is important stuff. So investigate it and explore it. Jesus said, uh, this book is written, actually, John's Gospel is written for, the re- for people who are checking out Jesus. This is what John says. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So check him out. Check him out. Check out this book. Listen to it. Read it. Think about it. Pray about it. It's something worth investigating. So let's close out this part of our worship this morning by reminding ourselves of what we've learned this Easter morning. Church, Jesus is working through us by the Holy Spirit. How about speaking out the word from time to time as he leads us? People on that on-ramp, join Team Jesus. Join Team Jesus. Trust in him and declare that he is Lord and God. Visitors, please, please, please consider the evidence. Consider his deeds and trust in him. This morning, more than two billion people on this planet will be bending the knee to Jesus. Will you join them? Let's pray. Father God, you breathe out your spirit uh, in the creation of this world, of this universe. You breathe out your spirit uh, in the formation of humanity. You breathe out your spirit uh, through scripture. You breathe out your spirit upon the church. We thank you for that, Father. And we thank you that by your spirit you raised Jesus from the dead. And we celebrate and glorify you, loving Father, for that. We pray these things in the name of our risen Saviour, Jesus. Amen. Good one. Thank you, John. Um, Wasn't that great? Yeah. Uh, As we conclude our formal part of service today, I invite you to, to carry on together and have a cup of tea and you can have a chat and encourage each other if you so wish. Uh, People here would love to pray for you if you have never said yes to Jesus or you need to say uh, something, a recommitment or we could pray for peace, whatever you desire, people here would love to pray with you today. So uh, I'll, I'll conclude in prayer as well and then we'll have a cup of tea or prayer, whatever you like. Okay, thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity we've had today to worship you, to um, enjoy 
your presence by your spirit together today and your word opened up for us today and lord help us to um to be aware of you in us and around us as we go forward in jesus mighty name amen amen bless you